Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Oh, we've got lots of college football to talk about with Matt Baker. What the hell is going on at Florida? How about Jimbo Fisher getting $77 million large to not coach boy i want to be that unsuccessful in my life who are they going to go for the next coach at a&m we got so much to talk about with college football fsu's path to the national championship all of that coming up with matt baker in just a minute of the tampa bay times and you read them of course on tampabay.com had a chance to uh, go to the bucks and see what was going on out there as they prepare their game against the 49ers on sunday in the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, and one disturbing development, Luke Gedeke, their starting right tackle, not practicing because of a recurring foot injury. He was limited a week ago. Now, he managed to play every snap in the game on Sunday against the Titans, so that's certainly a positive, but when you look at the pass rushers that the 49ers have, you're going to need all hands on deck. I'm not exactly sure who would replace Luke. You might go with Matt Filer and move him to, to tackle. He's played left tackle before. You might move him out there. Um, Brandon Walton is a possibility. Like, So we're going to have to wait and see just exactly what the status is going to be of Luke Gedeke. But when you talk about you know, just that unbelievable pass rush that the 49ers can apply, you need those outside guys, of course, with Tristan Wirfs uh, and Gedeke to hold up. So that's going to be something uh, to watch as well. And one other development, I thought this was interesting. Um, the Bucks put in a waiver claim on Michael Carter, the Jets running back. He ends up going to the Cardinals. There was a lot of teams that put in waiver claims. Of course, the Bucks are not at the top of that list. But you see them acknowledging, at least, that they could use some running back depth or some additional production at that position. I think outside of Rashad White, who has now you know, had – almost three consecutive 100-yard total yard games um, has not been you know, very stellar in, in, in terms of running the football, starting to catch the football more and score touchdowns and things like that. Uh, but it, but a chance, an opportunity at least, for the Bucks to put in a waiver claim. They did so. They're too far down the waiver wire, so they don't get Michael Carter. But interesting that they were still looking to upgrade the position because uh, that says a lot about who – Rashad has behind him and more and more he's playing a lot of snaps I think he's had two straight games of 20 carries plus that that has not happened for a while and of course uh, the screen pass for the touchdown you've seen him really excel as a receiver the last couple weeks we'll get to Matt Baker here in just a second but you know for the past 14 years the skilled pros of May Electric Solar have been installing solar electric systems down in Florida they provide the most reliable solar equipment the best installation methods and service while helping homeowners cut energy costs with an environmentally friendly investment. Well, May Electric Solar uses their own skilled employees, never subcontractors, and they have always offered the safest and most reliable equipment. Now May Electric Solar 
offers a 30-year no-cost equipment replacement and labor warranty. That means for 30 years, May Electric Solar, backed by Solar Insure, means your roof, electrical, and equipment replacement is covered. Solar Insure even survives May Electric Solar and is owned by the homeowner with no deductibles or additional fees. And this policy will transfer to new homeowners with no fee. This is not a blanket insurance policy. In fact, only the best contractors are allowed to be part of this program. May Electric Solar's reputation and history of workmanship has earned this membership. To learn more about May Electric Solar's installation and their 30-year warranty, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. Best time of the week, we get to talk college football with Matt Baker of the Tampa Bay Times. And Matt, we'll get to Florida, Florida State, USF, all of that. But first, let's talk about Jimbo Fisher because for weeks and and maybe years now, we've discussed this, and this is, you know, 76, 77 million and change. What is that really between us? Um, The buyout that he faced – and not only that, but he got fired after a win. They 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 basically tuned Mississippi State. That aside, what is the what is the sort of seismic ramifications <laughs> of a guy like Jimbo Fisher, former national champion, and a school like Texas A and M saying, "Yeah, we'll pay it, get him out of here." It's, it, to me, it's it's like it's unbelievable. But this is where we are in college football. Yeah, I, I mean it's 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 unbelievable that the contract happened in the first place, and and I'm not right about a lot of things, but I specifically remember you asking me on this very yes. show um, after the extension what I thought of it, and you knew it it was not going to end well. You knew eventually it was not it, it was going to look stupid, and lo and behold, here we are. And there's so many stupid things in here. The fully guaranteed contract the first time, the extension, resetting the 10 years, all, all of that stuff is, is, is dumb. Um, and one of the interest, there's a lot of, a lot of layers to this onion and we could do a whole show just on this. Um, one of them is just how that reset the market to where a lot of other buyouts shot up considerably, uh, to the point where in some cases, I think it's an okay thing in that it's forcing schools to be patient. Maybe one in Gainesville, for example. Um, maybe Florida State a couple years ago as another. It, it kind of forces schools to say, you know what, we're, we're going to give it time because we don't want to pay all that money. But I think the one of the other tentacles to this is it, it's – look, this stuff is going to come up in conversations with very important people, it, like congressional, that type of thing. Um I think I've made it fairly clear on this show my opinion on kind of paying players and finding ways to make this revenue stream, to make this work. But there is zero way anybody can tell me with a straight face there's no money to pay the players. If we paid the players and gave them more money, then we couldn't field a field hockey team and a tiddlywinks team and, and, and you know, we wouldn't have water for the swimming pools. Nobody can say that and also give Texas, you know, give Jimbo $77 million. Amen, brother. It's, Amen. It, you, you, it, those two things do not mesh. And I know A&M is an outlier. Uh, they've got more money than anybody because of oil and the SEC. Believe me, I get that. Texas A&M isn't the only one that could do it, right? Texas could do it, Ohio State, maybe Florida, Georgia. You know, there, there's some that can do it. So to me, this is one of the clear blinking signs saying, okay, at some point there has to be some common sense because this 
model is broken. It is 100% broken and makes zero sense for the schools at the top. And I think this is just going to be one of those kind of turning point moments that leads that helps spur us to where we're ultimately going, which is a different business model in the next three years, five years, whatever it is. All right. I have a question for you. And, and we know what A&M has just done. And I got to believe that the coffers are a little dry right now. However, you fired Jimbo Fisher because he wasn't getting it done to your satisfaction. You paid him 77 or so change, million dollars to go away. I'm the next coach that you go after. You come at me hard. I'm, I'm whoever, right? Mm-hmm. I'm the guy. I'm Elko at Duke, whoever I am. And you're telling me that you covet me more than you do the guy you just paid $77 million to get rid of. Why wouldn't I ask for at least the same buyout or more? Because you're telling me, that you want me more than Jimbo Fisher and you're willing to pay him that kind of money to go away. I know what you're saying. I know that the the system's broken and all of that, but if I'm that coach, I feel like I got all kinds of leverage on this, on this uh, program. You do. And that's how it got to this point, right? I mean, go back to when McIlwain got fired at Florida. I I don't have the number off the top of my head, but I think it was like seven or eight million, which is a a lot of money for normal human beings like you and me. Um, But now that's nothing. That's that's pennies in this. Nothing. Yeah, it's one tenth. Yeah. And Mullen got 12 to go away. And again, by by the industry standard, that's a bargain at this point. Like, look at Indiana and Tom Allen. They're going to have to figure out what they want to do there, and it would cost them about 20 to get rid of them. And that's a, a real kind of, you know, will they or won't they situation. It, so just to think of how much has gone up in those last few years, and Jimbo was one of the ones that reset it. So, yeah, I, I, I certainly hear what you're saying, that you can kind of keep going and going, but at some point it's got to stop. Um there has to be a breaking point and to where like, what are they going to do? Offer somebody 11 million a year, fully guaranteed for 10 years. I guess they could, but I think the more realistic thing is they try to rein this in a little bit and, and start ramping things down. And you're right. If, if you're Elko and you have all the leverage, I mean, that's why it is that way, right? Where I'm an AD and I want to hire Rick Stroud because he's going to do a great job. And I'm Rick's choosing between two schools and, I need to get him because if he goes to the other guys and wins big, then I look like an idiot. And and I, I'm I know Rick is going to be my guy and he's going to win big, so I have to get him and I have to do whatever it takes. Leverage, the, yeah. yeah. Maybe A and M at this point and some of the other schools say, you know what? There's other coaches too. We we just can't take that risk. Um, but I guess I'm also in that scenario betting on the idea of logic and reason and cooler heads prevailing in college football which if you're if you're betting on that you go broke really fast Mm. yeah you know you definitely would so let me ask you before we move on um because i want to talk to you about jimbo and and what he did 10 years ago um okay you're the ad of texas a&m um guarantees notwithstanding we've seen some names we know who they are does primetime make the jump? Does are are you going for a, a splash hire? Are you going for just a solid dude? Like, you know, your expectations are national championship or bust, and then you're you're still in the SEC, which is now adding even better teams in your own state. Like, where do you go now? Like, what 
what are you what do you think they're looking for at this point? If I'm A and M, I want somebody who wins. Period. I, I don't care about winning the press conference. Yeah, that that sounds great. But if in two years my guy's not winning on the field, it doesn't matter. So I want somebody who I really think can win. Um, I, I don't know that that's prime. I mean, he's what lost? He's lost what six in a row at, at yeah. Colorado. Yeah. And I, he might do a great job there. I don't have the sample size. I would not take that risk at this point. Um, so then you're looking at Mike Elko at Duke is somebody. Uh, he has won at a high level by Duke standards the last couple of years. He's got ties to the school. You know, was an assistant there under Jimbo. If you can win at the level he's done at Duke, you're a good ball coach. And, and you know, I, as an assistant, he was very well regarded as well. So I think he'd be on the list. Lane Kiffin at, at Ole Miss, again, w- w- got a chance to win 10 games this year with the degree of difficulty that he faces at, at Ole Miss. That tells he, me, again, he's a really good coach um, and, and obviously knows the landscape and everything. I'd call Mike Norvell, absolutely. Um, you know, he's a Texas guy. He's from Irving and uh, uh, played high school ball in Arlington, ho- hometown of my wife, very importantly. Um, Another FSU coach, though. I mean, I don't know. Buyer I beware. Don't, I don't care, man. <laughs> it, 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 it's not like there was something like Tallahassee poisoned Jimbo's <laughs> mind. It's in the water. So, what, yeah, what about it, Dabo Sweeney? Because that's the name I keep hearing. And, and, and look, things are not uh, – well, we're not in the transfer portal, all that – um, you know, and, and he had the blow up on the call and, and, and it seems like, uh, maybe it's a good time to split if you're Dabo. Is that, is that a possibility? It's a, Dabo was asked about it and didn't say no, is what which I is, say. Which is, which is telling, right? I mean, it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it is and it isn't. You, you have to, it's, it's different in college than it is in the NFL, just because of recruiting and how much that matters where you're non-denial, so, so denial. True, so true. Yeah, you have to parse it a little bit differently. Like Norvell was asked about it and doesn't, you know, talked about how Florida State's a special place, but he never said no. Exactly. And, you know, there's some, you got to be positive with recruiting and, you know, you need some bargaining power to to get more money. The recruiting is the thing, right? I mean, if you show any interest, they're going to kill you in the recruiting. Correct. Yeah, there's there's a delicate dance they have to do, and and Dabo didn't say no. I, I think Dabo probably feels underappreciated mm-hmm. from what he's done. You know, only winning two national titles and a zillion <laughs> ACC titles in a row and whatever else. Um, yeah, I could see why he would want to look at, at this point. But if I'm Texas A&M, I don't know that he'd be the guy I want, just because you're you're getting a guy who's shown. I mean, it's gone downhill at Clemson. Yeah, yeah. their downhill is better than almost anybody else's. I, you know, and maybe we'll look back at, at this year where they go eight and four or whatever it is. It's just kind of a weird blip. That that's certainly possible, but it's also possible that he's set in his ways and isn't going to change the way he needs to change. And you know, the two national titles will be the peak. So uh, he wouldn't be the guy that I would want. Um, I, I'd look at Elko. I'd look at Lane. I'd look at Norvell if he was interested. Um, you know, Kalen DeBoer at Washington has done a fantastic job. He'd be somebody I'd, I'd certainly really has, yeah. look into it as well. And How about Oregon's coach? Now, he actually said no. He did and say no. Okay. No does not always mean no, but mm. he gave about as firm of a no, I'm staying here as you can, as anybody gives. So yeah. I, I, I kind of cross him off the list. If he were interested, yeah. I mean, he's a, got yeah. SEC ties, um, has done a really good job out there, obviously has some head coaching experience now and 
but but the other thing that we have to remember too. I mentioned Norvell, and and the same was would would apply with Kalen DeBoer and and uh, Dan Lanning. The playoff is a possibility, and that's a weird thing with the timing. Just because uh, early signing period is a couple weeks away, or yeah. a month a month away, transfer portal opens in a couple weeks. Yeah. You need somebody in as soon as possible. So, like, just as a practical matter, yeah. if if Mike Norvell is their guy, I'm not saying is, but let's 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 go down this this train. If Norvell is their guy and FSU is in the playoff it makes it impossible to work. Like no, no sitting head coach is going to leave for another job. If they're in the playoff, that's, that's not happening. And you can't start on January 2nd or whatever. That's, that's not happening. So as a practical matter, if somebody's in the playoff, there's, you know, cross them off the list. I would agree with that. Um, okay. So Florida state plays North Alabama. We're going to give them a win there. Um, and then of course they're waiting for, the Florida Gators on the 20th, 25th. So Steve and I, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the Joel Klatt thing <laughs> where the chaos can ensue here, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no doubt it can ensue. And the thing I, w- I would worry about with Florida State is is just that, right? Like the schedule, all of that. So what is the path? What is What is the best path for Florida State to make it to the tournament? Obviously, you win out. Yeah. Um, you need Louisville to win the next two against Miami and Kentucky. So then Louisville's ninth in the country, 10th in the country, somewhere in that range. Yep. So then you've got a chance to, to beat a top 10 team and, and, and win your conference. So that puts, you, you, that puts you as Florida State in the best position you can be in. There you go. And it would certainly help if, there, if you, some, some dominoes fall around you. So Ohio State and Michigan, that game's not close. One of them wins big to the point. Oh, we'll say Michigan wins. Michigan wins by three touchdowns to the point where you can't see Ohio State making the field over an undefeated Florida State. That's fair. So that would be good. Um, I think Georgia beating Alabama would be good, just because you know, you know, Georgia's going to be in the field. You don't have to worry about Alabama sneaking in. Uh, Texas slipping up would would be helpful. Washington slipping up would be helpful. Just, I mean, if if there's only two undefeated or three undefeated Power Five champions, they're all going to get in, and then it's a fight for the fourth spot. So anything that helps you in that regard, I think, is kind of the the best case scenarios there. And you, you know, LSU needs to keep winning, right? Like that, there's oh, that. that helps. Yeah, it would help if Florida won, honestly, mm-hmm. because then you're you're beating a six and five Florida team instead of a five and six Florida team in this scenario. So there's a couple little things in there as well too. What if Washington, who has wins over Oregon, what if they went out? Like, is it? What if it came just between Washington, Florida State, both undefeated? So in that scenario, well, both of them could get in, right? Because Ohio, no, no, they could. You're right. Ohio State and Michigan are someone's going to lose, both, a game. but somebody's yeah. going to lose. Th- right? That's a good point. Yeah. So I would find it hard to believe if there's four Power Five champions that are undefeated. I All would be shocked if that's not your field. I would agree. Um, yeah. But there's, you know, if Alabama wins out and look at their schedule and who they beat, and, and then they, they have a win over Georgia, Georgia stopping Georgia's 28-game yeah. winning streak or whatever it is at that point, mm. that's going to be pretty hard to say no to. So, like, mm. that, that's where it gets trickier. But the, the easiest, cleanest thing is four Power 5 champions who are all undefeated. However, that's not going to happen because that's not how the sport works. <laughs> no, no, it does. 
unimaginable that an SEC team would not be in this tournament. It, it just it boggles my mind a little bit. All right, let's talk about an SEC team and, and the Florida Gators. And um, listen, uh, we, we started this conversation with Jimbo Fisher and buyouts and things like that. Um, Billy Napier, things are not going well in his second year. Um, to say the very least, he has lost just this past week or so three top 250 recruits. And listen, I see this number, and and I get how good LSU can be and their quarterback and the Heisman, all that. But 701 yards, like that number jumps at me, as as well as the 39 points in in you know four like. Four consecutive years. I I cannot wrap my head around this without saying there has to be a change. A change is a coming. Not the head coach. Okay, fine. You don't want to buy Billy out, but structurally, fundamentally, schematically, you can't allow that. I don't care if you have to shorten the game. Whatever you do, like this is unbelievable to me. There has to be some changes made here with, with, with Billy and his staff. No? Am I wrong about that? Well, it's not going to happen right now. Billy's made that very clear. Um, he was asked about changes a, a week or two ago, um, kind of more on the big picture, like staffing as a whole, rather than just like, you know, an assistant here and there. And he, he said, you know, we'll, we'll think about that stuff after the season. Um, Fair just, yeah, and, and I get it. He's a very methodical, deliberate guy who doesn't want to do anything hasty. I, I totally get it. That's his MO. Um, but on the other hand, if it's not working, you know, it, his, his comment there was a complete 180 from what the, the former AD Jeremy Foley always said, which was what must be done eventually should be done immediately. Right. That right and, now. Yeah. Yeah. So no, nothing is, is going to change in terms of drastic stuff. They're, they're not firing Austin Armstrong, the defensive coordinator, with, with you know two games left. That's, that's not happening. But 701 yards, the, the most the, the Gators have ever allowed in the 100-whatever years they've been playing football. It's insane. And it is insane. And I w- listening to what Billy said after the game and again on Monday, talking about how great Jaden Daniels is, there's two options. One is Jaden Daniels is his, is not just great, not just a, a Heisman winner, and he very well might be, but like historically, great. yeah. Like that's that's one option. Or the other option is that the Gators' defense is still really bad, or somewhere in the middle. Bingo. I I went and looked up. I've covered five games, five Gator games where they faced a Heisman Trophy winner, and the highest in yards and points, Devontae Smith at Bama. Uh, scored 52 on him with 605 yards in the SEC championship game. Uh, Joe Burrow, you know, that 2019 LSU team, one of the best offenses I've ever seen. Ever. They, they only scored 42 points with 511 yards. <laughs> so if, if we're to believe that Jaden Daniels is... Joe Burrow? It, but, but in order of magnitude better than Joe Burrow. Yeah, twice as good. Yeah, and, and, and Malik Neighbors and, and, and Brian Thomas and you know, LSU's receivers yeah. are Jamar Chase and, and, and Justin mm. Jefferson. Again, they're a really good offense. I'm not trying to, to belittle LSU at all. They are a fantastic offense. But are they in order of magnitude better than 2019 LSU? Nope. I, I, no, you can't say that. So 
Florida's got issues. And, you know, I think I said it last week. It was the first time they'd allowed 39 points in three consecutive weeks since 1917. Well, now it's the first time they've allowed 39 or more points in four consecutive games ever. And I've got news for you on who they play Saturday against a, a good Missouri team. It might be five. I would mm. not be surprised at all if Missouri cooks and lights them up again. So that's just where they are defensively right now. And it's not going to get better the next two games with you know playing two really, really good offenses. So it's just one of, this is one of the things that we're going to have to figure out what they do this offseason because there clearly has to be some changes on defense. Last year, they were historically bad on third down. This year, they're historically bad in a different way. And that's, again, just one bucket of changes that they're going to have to consider uh, as, you know, Billy and his staff, assuming all that stays the same, head into year three. Matt, I don't think it's going to happen, but you wrote they need to either beat number 11 Missouri or Florida State, was number four in the country, to avoid three consecutive losing seasons how far back does this go? 1945 through 47. This we're witnessing. We are in the midst of the low point almost of the Florida football program in that sense. Right? Like mm-hmm. it's unfathomable to me that they have sunk to this level. And I'm sorry. I know it's his second year, but listen, you got to own it. And, I would be damned if I would give up anything close to that many yards again if I have to run belly weak on every play just to run clock. I'm not going to give up 701 yards, but that's just me. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, so let's talk. Hold on, hold on. Yep. This this is extremely important. I was looking back at the 1945 Gators schedule. <laughs> yeah, you were. When, yeah, you were. <laughs> of course, see. Matt. Matt looked at the schedule. <laughs> uh, okay, so 1945 Florida finished four, five, and one to start that that three losing seasons. Their wins were over Ole Miss, Louisiana, Presbyterian, and Camp Blanding. Uh, yeah, what? <laughs> Camp Blanding? Blanding? Yeah, okay. they, won th- they won 31 to 2. Uh-huh. And they, they could have finished with a winning record, except they had a loss that year at something called U.S. Amphibians. They lost to U.S. Amphibians? I'm guessing that's some kind of a Navy thing. I don't know. What no, is that? No, no. I think it's a bunch of frogs, is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but not the horned frogs. Not the no, TCU no, no. horned frogs. That's completely different. Uh, wow. The, the 1945 Fort Pierce Amphibs, the Fort Pierce Naval Amphibious Training Base. Oh, they, they, my. Yeah, they, they beat them uh, 12 to nothing. Good. So gracious. that's how bad we have to go back. And it, and it's it's crazy to think this is where the Gators are. It's awful. For, for a lot of reasons. It's also crazy in a different way to think that they're going to be cool with it and, you know, allow Billy to, to continue coaching next year. Um, and I'm not saying they should get rid of him or shouldn't, but 
if if you would have told me a couple years ago they'd have a coach who's you know back to back losing seasons six and seven five and seven you think that guy's gone and that's I don't think that's going to be the case and that's kind of hard to wrap your head around in a different way just because of how proud this program is and again Dan Mullen went to three New Year six bowls in a row and got fired in year I mean, four Jim McElwain won ten games twice didn't he. He, he won the East twice. I was I was there in Atlanta. I saw them play I mean, this in is the, the SEC thing. championship with Look, my Matt, own eyes. I I mean I I came in at the very uh, I don't even know if it was the start of the Jeremy Fowler era. It might have been the end of the Bill Arnsberger era. But whatever. Um, I cannot believe that we're talking about the University of Florida. Sort of him hawing around about these two seasons that we're going back to nineteen forty five through forty seven. Listen. You get the behavior you allow. I mean, and, and I know the money has changed and all that, but listen, the biggest alumni in the, in, in the state, one of the biggest in the country, I just can't believe all the changes that have happened in college football. I get it. They've spent all this money on facilities. They've done all this. To be an also-ran, and I mean an also-ran in the Southeastern Conference, is beneath the University of Florida. It's beneath their alumni I cannot believe that the standards and I and I would look at the AD and I would say, man, what are we what are we settling for? Like, what are we settling for here? If if I'm at the University of Florida, that's just my I'm on I'm on the the sermon here. Um, and believe me, I have no no skin in the game. I did not attend Florida. In fact, people did not like me when I covered Florida. Um, but that's that okay. Is, they don't like me either. Well, that well for obvious reasons. <laughs> Uh, yeah, good reporters tend not to be very, very favorably uh, looked upon. But everything you've written is true. It, it is just, it, it is, it is a low point in Florida football. All right, so not a low point in USF football is the fact that they could go to a bowl game. How excited should I be about that? And not just any bowl game. I'm seeing they may play against UCF, which I'm all for right now because UCF went to the Big Twelve. They upset. Um, Oklahoma State. This is this is a, 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 an incredible matchup. If it happens, that aside, they play uh, UTSA uh, Friday night, Charlotte at Charlotte the next week. Tell me that the USF Bulls are going to win one of these games and go bowling. I think they will. Um, I think they'll beat Charlotte. Uh, first of all, I just want to go back to the bowl thing just for a second. Absolutely. It, if I can be in charge of college football, there's a, there's a bunch of things I would do. But one of them would be I would make the bowl system better by getting rid of some of the, the silly affiliations and picking matchups based on what would be fun to watch in the storylines. Amen. So I would definitely make sure USF and UCF play each other. I would have had Texas play Texas A&M in the past. And this year I would have Notre Dame definitely be playing LSU in the ReliQuest Bowl in Tampa, mm, where Brian Kelly goes so up against great. his former team. Yes, sir. So please make me in charge of college football. I'll do some common sense things. Okay, um, back to back to USF. Uh, the win over Temple the other day I thought was pretty impressive, just in, in the way it happened. They, they they got up big and then they kind of putzed around a little bit and made it closer than it needed to be, but they found a way to win, and that's kind of the baby steps of where they are. And, and Alex Golish talked about that a little bit this week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because they were up on, on Western Kentucky in week one and, and couldn't close the deal. That's so the right. fact that from game one to game 10, you're seeing growth in how they can close things out, that's progress. Um, Golish, I thought, also had 
some interesting thoughts on he called it immaturity of the program and not necessarily like guys doing stupid stuff that not that sort of immaturity but just not being around each other enough to understand things and what he meant by that he was talking about when you've got a chance you know they're up 17 points with the ball after a turnover you've got a chance to to step on temple yeah exactly you got a chance to bury him and that that uh, sequence, they had a, a pitch that went nowhere, an incomplete pass, and a scramble that was led to a fumble. Th- that's the time where a really good program buries them. And, and on defense, it's similar situations where you might blitz on first down. Maybe it's a little bit unconventional, but you're trying to cause havoc. You're trying to force a, a huge mistake on the other team just to, to, again, to bury them. And they're not there yet. And, you know, you don't necessarily expect that, right? In, in year one, the coaches are learning the players. Players are still learning the coaches. The timing mm-hmm. is all that stuff is, isn't there yet because there hasn't been enough time. Um, so that's kind of the next step after this. But the, the simple fact that Golish is even talking about a next step is tells you where they are and how far they've gone to where, you know, they, they, they beat Temple and, and Charlotte's not particularly good. So I think uh, USF can definitely win that one. And, Gasparilla Bowl, Cure Bowl, uh, Boca Bowl, whatever it's called nowadays. One of those, which, hey, if you would have told me at the start of the season, we're talking about them as a bowl team, that is definitely a win if they can get everything that that entails. I'm here for it. I'm here for UCF and USF. I don't care where they play at parking lot Walmart, as they always say. I don't know why they say Walmart, but that's what people say. Um, here's the thing. Um, I think Alex Golish, I, I think he's a good coach. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I, I think good shows up pretty early. My question is this, do they keep the quarterback or does he say I can do better and enter the transfer portal? That's what I would be afraid of right now. And you should be quite frankly, um, that that's the nature of the beast right now in, in, in college football. If you're a mid major program or even a, a wake forest to use a a practical example and you've got a really good quarterback there's going to be other programs that can pay him more through nil no doubt i mean sam hartman was great at wake forest and now he's at notre dame right like you know there there was a lot of rumblings about michael pratt leaving tulane um and and he might this offseason for all we know for for greener and i do mean greener pastures um and i'm not begrudging any of those guys don't Please don't misunderstand me. It's the way it is now. Um, so talent retention is going is a huge part of college football um, and is going to be a bigger part. You know, it, it, we, we talk about Florida State and, and what they've done through the transfer portal, which, yes, that is that is all true. They would not be in this position without Keon Coleman and Trey Benson and Johnny Wilson and, and Jordan Travis from Louisville and, and all those guys, uh, Braden Fisk. But... We also need to look at the talent retention part of it, not just getting them, but keeping them, right? Mm-hmm. Where Jordan Travis could have left last year, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. Jared Verse could have gone last year, might have been a first-round pick. He stayed. Trey Benson could have gone. Johnny Wilson could have gone. You take some of those guys away, and Florida State's probably good, but they're not college football playoff contending good. So it's not just getting them. It's keeping them, and that means keeping them from the NFL, you know, hey, we can pay you more to be you know, our collective and whatever NIL stuff. You can make more staying at my program rather than being a fourth-round pick. But that, that's a, a realistic thing at some schools. And then also, if you're a, a mid-major program, keeping away from the top programs, or if you're a 
again, a Wake Forest keeping them away from Notre Dame. That's that's part of the game now. And, and you know, I, I could go on and on about this, but that's obviously NIL. It's how you treat the players. You know, I go back to to one of the first things Billy Napier did when he got to Florida. He talked to a lot of the Gators, like, what can we do better? What do we need to do? And they talked about parking, making the parking situation better because there were guys getting zillions of tickets. And the food, the food wasn't good enough. So he found a way to make the parking better and found a way to get the food better. Does that help them beat Missouri this weekend? No, not directly. But if you've got a better player experience, then they're going to tell that to recruits. Recruits are going to see it. And then as we go forward you know what, maybe I could leave Florida and go somewhere else, go to the pros or transfer to Georgia or whatever it is. But you know what? They treat me really well here. I've got good facilities. My friends are here. They, they figured out that parking situation, good food, good whatever. I'm going to stick around here. I'm, I'm happy here. So that's the kind of part of that that I, I don't. I think a lot of schools are starting to figure out. I just don't know if the average fan quite understands how big that is now and how big it's going to be here in another couple of weeks when the portal opens. Best way through a recruiter's heart or, or a player's heart is through his stomach, is what you're telling me. But, um, but to some but, degree, yes. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I also think, and this may be the case with USF. Every now and then, you get a player who says, "I want to be the reason we turn it around. Mm-hmm. I want, I want to be the guy that that has has worked to get it here, and I'm going to keep pushing forward. And I, I want to be that guy that that years from now." They come back and they say, "Yeah, that's that's the dude that did it." So maybe you can play on those emotions as well. All right, let's talk about uh, the games this week, Matt. Who do you like? Who do you want to talk about in college football? What should I be watching this Saturday? So uh, a couple of the games that that jump out to me. Um, first of all, let's give a shout out to UCF. We we haven't touched on them. Oh my uh, God, huge win! On this yeah, show. yeah. I did not see that coming. Them uh-uh. kicking the crap out of Oklahoma State. <laughs> no. Um, I guess Oklahoma State was in a major hangover from Bedlam, but hey, give UCF credit for breaking through in a big way. Um, they've got Texas Tech on, on Saturday in Lubbock. Weird place to play. Um, that one's on FS2. I think that's going to be an interesting game just to see how UCF responds and if they're able to kind of continue that that train. Louisville-Miami is one I'm intrigued by. Mm. Um, I think Louisville's pretty good. After I got to watch a good chunk of them the other night um, on, on the Thursday game against uh, Virginia. So I'm curious to see them against a talented team in Miami. You know, Tyler Van Dyke's going to be the quarterback again for the Canes. So let's see how that shakes out. And if Kansas, Kansas State, uh, Sunshine, Sunflower State rivalry. Um, both of those teams are, have been pretty good this year. Um, both of those coaches potentially looking for greener pastures or, or potentially go, taking a swing on the, the carousel. Um, and then the, the night one, I, I like Washington, Oregon State, that game a good amount. Um, Washington has played with fire a little bit here the last month oh, yeah, or so. Oh, yeah, they have. Yeah, they um, have. And if they're not careful, look, Oregon State's tough. Oregon State mm. could absolutely beat them. Their defense is good enough. DJ Uyunglele has played pretty well, I thought. I think, in, in uh, you know, getting that opportunity, the, the refresh from Clemson. If the Huskies are shaky on defense or if their offense starts a little bit sluggish or whatever, uh, Oregon State can absolutely beat them and, and throw the, the playoff race into a, you know, into add a little bit more confusion to it, I should say. So that's really, that's the game to me that I'm the most interested in. Yeah. And I don't know that, I mean, Washington will probably play Oregon again. Um, but, but I'm telling you, Michael Penix Jr. has made some plays that have bailed them out Incredible throws. Uh, uh, just every game I watch, he's he's just been nails. 
but they have really been playing with fire. There's there's no doubt about it. All right, he's Matt. Hey, Baker. One, Go one ahead. more, Rick. Yeah. I'm sorry. One more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had it in my notes. USC, UCLA. Why should you care about that? First of all, you should watch Caleb Williams because he's awesome. Well, Chip Secondly, Kelly got fired, right? I mean, Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly. Yes, he is. You know, the two four seven report said basically he's almost gone. certainly gone, yeah. and that is one that. You know, UCLA is a really good job. They haven't been able to figure it out, but there's a ton of resources there. Yeah, if they want to use them as they move to conferences, a ton of you know recruiting talent, all that stuff. And just as I think about that 2017-2018 coaching carousel that had Dan Mullen to Florida and Willie Taggart to Florida State and Jimbo to A&M and Scott Frost to Nebraska and Chip Kelly to UCLA... <laughs> Um, not exactly a bunch of home runs there. <laughs> and so Chip might be the, the kind of final straw there as he enters maybe the last couple of weeks of his uh, career there with the Bruins. He's the lone survivor. He really is. Uh, somehow he has made it this far, and this might be the end of the road for him, but uh, we'll see. Great stuff as always, Matt. Enjoy the games. We'll talk to you next week. We are so close uh, to the end of the regular season in college football in these next two weeks, man. A lot of things can happen, and you'll be there to tell us about it in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com. Thanks, Matt. You got it. Thanks, Rick. Man, always great to talk college football with Matt Baker. So much going on in that sport. It is just it is crazy. It's hard to follow, but uh, I'm excited about what's going to be an unbelievable conclusion here in these next couple weeks. We'll be, of course, back at One Buck Place talking to uh, the Bucks talking to Dave Canales as they prepare for that San Francisco 49ers defense, which is just absolutely stacked with Chase Young, Nick Boza, Werner, all these guys. Uh, it is going to be a big challenge. Of course, the last time they were out there, 35-7 to defeat, and that was Tom Brady's homecoming that they spoiled with that one. So we'll see if the Bucks are better, or better equipped, at least, to have uh, a good showing this time. Uh, we'll preview the Bucks and the 49ers tomorrow. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tempe Times. Have a great day, everybody.